and welcome to Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. On the Mojo 50 radio network and streaming on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. And shoot me an email at Right Now Jim Dawes at gmail.com. website is jimdawes.com and you can leave a voicemail for me at 772-245-0750 leave your questions or comments and we might use your call on the future broadcast that number again 772-245-0750 well I tried I really tried I tried to like this woman's national soccer team. Um, but, you know, every time I would try to look past little purple-haired um, Marxist, Megan Rapino, uh, the, the networks would just showcase her. And, uh, you know, it became the Megan Rapino show, despite the fact that Megan Rapino, at this stage in her career, she's only 34 years old, but she really is just, um, well, to tell you the truth, she's not very effective on the field. They've got her playing uh, the left wing, left forward, and um, and very little uh, happens over on that side of the field, uh, you know, when she's, she's uh, trying to advance the ball. She won the Golden Boot Award um, for scoring the most goals during this World Cup, but most of that is because they use her uh, to take the penalty kicks. She did score a couple of goals on her own, but uh, if you look at them, they were easy goals, and they were set up by uh, by Alex Morgan and the uh, the center um, that uh, that basically pulled all the defensive players onto their side of the field and then uh, fed her the ball, so she had the easy score. But Rapino, you know, you would think that she was uh, she was the greatest soccer players since Pele, literally. I mean, they're, they're making her out to be, um, you know, the, the backbone of the team when, in fact, she's basically the beneficiary of, uh, of a lot of talented girls around her, and uh, she is marginally talented. But she's an attention hog, if nothing else, and she likes to, to get attention by feeding into the cultural Marxist uh, uh, environment that has been created by our popular culture and she does everything she can to disrespect the flag and uh and basically just you know try to uh, dawn some victim mentality despite the fact that she's probably one of the you know most privileged and and uh fortunate people on the planet but we're supposed to believe that somehow she is uh, she's a victim, and that somehow, you know, she's a standard bearer for um, for the grievance culture. And uh, you know, they they've got this Nike, this three minute Nike ad out. Yeah, the same Nike that uh, that withdrew their Fourth uh, of July, July commemorative shoe because it had a uh, an early American flag and. And uh, angered the historically illiterate Colin Kaepernick, 
He said the Betsy Ross flag was, uh, was offensive to him. Never mind the fact that Betsy Ross was a, an abolitionist. She was a Quaker. She was a part of the movement that uh, helped set up the Underground Railroad. The historically illiterate Colin Kaepernick objected because there was a flag on one of the Nike commemorative sneakers. And the U.S. women's soccer team didn't miss an opportunity to to disgrace the flag either. After they were celebrating their win, one of their players, Allie Long, was was yucking it up with Megan Rapinoe, using the flag, you know, as they do in these uh, these, uh, modern sporting events, basically as a prop. I've seen it abused and misused so long it's i'm really just not a fan of these professional athletes that uh, take this flag and sweat all over it and drag it on the ground and Allie long was throwing in with megan rapino uh you know doing one of these um uh these over-the-top demonstrations when she just decided that, uh, you know, holding the flag was uh, too much for her, she had to yuck it up in front of the crowd, and she just tossed it on the ground. And, you know, I, I guess this generation of millennials have never been schooled in the proper treatment of the flag, and they have no respect for what the flag represents because they've never suffered any hardship or never had to worry about losing their freedom or even where their next meal was coming from. And Allie Long, she just tossed the flag on the ground so she could uh, she could uh, display, you know, the, their celebration, uh, victory celebration. Luckily, one of the other girls on the team had the good sense to pick it up off the ground. But like I said, I tried. I tried to like this team. They're the U.S. national women's team. And while I'm not really that huge a soccer fan, I, I do watch it when it's a national competition and I root for the home team. But this is just, uh, you know, because Megan Rapinoe and the lack-minded girls on the team have sort of hijacked the whole thing, you cannot enjoy it without uh, just having this anti-Americanism shoved down your throat. So, you know, soccer in general, it, it can be kind of boring. It can be kind of tedious and monotonous. And the women's game against... Uh, the Netherlands was certainly that. The only thing more tedious than men's soccer is women's soccer. And I'll watch it. You know, I watch golf and I watch baseball, and that can be a little boring too. And the thing I do like about soccer is it's no commercial interruptions. You can put it on. I don't sit there and watch the whole thing. I go about my business and, you know, I dip in and out of it. But, man... This Megan Rapino just screwed up the whole World Cup for about half of the population because of her anti-American, cultural Marxist, victimhood mentality bull. And that is what uh, Nike is, uh, you know, uh, tapping into, this cultural grievance, this cult Marxism. And they're, uh, they're there egging it on. The men's uh, U.S. men's soccer team also played in a championship game. It was the was it Confacaf or Confacaf? It's the basically the soccer championship for um, 
North, Central, and South America, and the U.S. men's soccer team was playing Mexico. And they were playing Mexico for the final in this championship at Soldier Field in Chicago. But guess what? Mexico had the home field advantage. That stadium was chuck full of Mexicans. And there was very, you would have thought that the Mexicans had the home field. And although the American men outplayed Mexico, they, they still lost the game. They gave up one goal. That's uh, that You sit there and watch 90 minutes for this one goal. And, uh, and the crowd absolutely went wild celebrating America's loss right there in an American stadium. So it was an ugly, ugly day for, uh, for soccer, for U.S. soccer, both in France and in Chicago. Now, I like watching um, the the uh, Major League Soccer, MLS, but uh, it's going to be a long time before I can watch those national teams again, especially the U.S. women's national team. Megan Rapino is just an absolute cancer on the game. Well, this is the week, listeners, that Robert Mueller is going to testify before a joint committee uh, or a joint uh, hearing in the United States House of Representatives going to be conducted by the Judiciary and the Intelligence Committees. Of course, the Judiciary Committee is uh, handled by little Jabba the Hutt, Jerry Nadler, Jerry Nadless, and, uh, and his counterpart over the Intelligence Committee, Bobblehead Adam Schiff. And uh, it's going to be very interesting because, you know, in the one time that he spoke after issuing his report, he basically said that uh, he, he doesn't want to have anything to add and he's not going to testify. And if you ask him to testify, he's not going to say anything that he already hasn't said. And I wondered, well, how the heck is he going to do that? He can't take the fifth. He's not under, you know, uh, investigation or prosecution. And I've got a lot of questions that I'm, I'm looking forward to the Republicans on the committee asking him, but I'm, I'm learning now about this, uh, this Dodge that he's going to claim. It's the same one that Rosenstein claimed when he was, uh, under cross-examination back when the uh, Republicans controlled the house. And that is this deliberation or deliberative privilege. So he's going to say Mueller, everything that I have to say is in that report and the rest of it, was, uh, you know, deliberations. So when, um, for instance, Jim Jordan asked him, well, how come you never looked into all the Russian interference in the election to do with the Hillary Clinton campaign? He's going to say, oh, deliberative privilege. And when uh, when somebody asked him, well, how come you never bothered to investigate Julian or uh, interview Julian Assange? She was at the Ecuadorian embassy. All he had to do was go and ask him, if he got these uh, materials from the Russians, he's going to say, oh, deliberative privilege. Now, when they ask him whether or not uh, Trump is, uh, you know, committed obstruction of justice by firing James Comey, Mueller's, uh, the, the guy that Mueller mentored at the FBI, well, Mueller will will uh, respond, well, we couldn't make a determination one way or the other because uh 
the Department of Justice rules don't allow us to um, prosecute a sitting president and be unfair to uh, to charge him if he didn't have an opportunity to defend himself. He's going to feed the Democrats on that committee as much anti-Trump um, grist that he possibly can, and everything that will you know actually shed some light on this RussiaGate hoax, like. Why did you never bother to forensically examine the DNC servers for yourself to determine whether or not the Russians actually uh, hacked the DNC servers? Oh, deliberative privilege. Can't answer that. I'm telling you, it's exactly how it's going to go. And I'll watch it and I'll report back to you, but I I guarantee you that he's not going to do anything to shed light on, for instance, the possibility that the uh, leak from or the hacks from the DNC weren't hacks at all, but rather leaks, that that material was carried out on a thumb drive by, oh, say, a young DNC staffer that may have paid for doing that with his life. I would like somebody to ask him, anybody to ask him, did you look at all, did you bother to confirm at all whether or not Seth Rich was in fact murdered in what looked like an assassination, whether he was murdered uh, or if it was in fact a botched robbery as uh, they would have you believe. It's going to be very interesting. I think that's going to be on Thursday and I'll have, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to, get as much out of it as I can and report back to you. But I don't think he's going to be answering any questions that will in fact shed any light on this. They like the narrative right where they've got it. Trump had uh, Trump or associates, which, you know, are people three or four times removed from the campaign had multiple contacts with Russians. Never mind, you know, what, what a Russian is. They're counting uh, Peter Sater as a Russian. He was born there, moved out, uh, moved away when he was a small child. And Peter Sater was a CIA or an FBI operative trying to set up the Trump campaign. I'm gonna I'm gonna look for questions like that. Was Peter Sater, Felix Sater? I'm sorry, Felix Sater. Was he working for James Comey or John Brennan when he dangled the prospect of a Trump Tower before? Michael Cohen? Oh, can't answer that. It's deliberative privilege. Well, was Joseph Mifsud working for John Brennan or James Comey? Yep, yep, can't answer that. Deliberative privilege. It's going to be very interesting. And I hope some of these Republicans really press him on these uh, questions because these are the answers we need to get to the bottom of this. I know that... um, John Durham is working on his own investigation, but I, I want I want Mueller to be exposed as the partisan hack that he is. Well, it's summertime, and that makes it wild rice salad season. Wild rice is one of the healthiest foods, and there's nothing better than a cold wild rice salad waiting in the fridge when you get home after a hard day's work. Buy a five-pound bag of any wild rice product, and you'll get a free one-pound bag of wild rice and eight of our best wild rice salad recipes, 
from Metastalgia.com. When you use the promo code FREERICE, wild rice salads are great as a quick meal or as a tasty side dish when grilling outside. And we're sending enough recipes to have one in the fridge every day of the week. That promo code again is FREERICE, and it's good online, in person, or over the phone. Log on today at mojowildrice.com. That's mojowildrice.com. Or call them directly at 800-328-6731. That's 800-328-6731. Well, old Gail King, the uh, the bestie of Oprah Winfrey that uh, CBS brought on to do the morning show, and she has absolutely driven it into the ditch. Uh, Gail King got an interview with Michelle Obama in some sort of public forum. They were up on stage. And uh, Michelle, the red, was holding forth, bragging on what uh, the, her, her messianic husband and f- comparing him to uh, very favorably to the current occupant of the White House. And uh, it really was something to behold. The the alternate reality that this woman and, and many of the Obama acolytes live in is is truly something to behold. Um, this is it, it is a real job which requires deep seriousness and focus. It's somebody who has to have an understanding of history so that you don't repeat what hasn't worked. Um, uh, understanding of history, such as the what happened in the Soviet Union, her husband uh, trained at the knee of Frank Marshall Davis, a communist organizer from Chicago who moved to Hawaii and uh, took up with Obama's mother. Now, if you want to wonder whether or not uh, Barack Obama, the goat herder, was in fact Barack Obama's father, I I urge you to go to the Internet and pull up a side-by-side photo of Barack Obama and Frank Marshall Davis, the communist organizer from Chicago, and make your, uh, make your own decisions. But yeah, I agree with Michelle Obama in this. Um, Barack Obama does have an understanding of history in the Saul Alinsky tactics in Chicago and the history of communist organizing in the city of Chicago. Back to this clip. Having facts is really important. You hear, hear Gail King in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Important. Operating with a base of clear facts and ideas, that's important. Somebody who's careful with their words. Uh, I mean, careful with their words like the red line in Syria or careful with their words like if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Careful with those kind of words, Michelle. You know, somebody who's trustworthy, somebody who is loyal and honest and loyal and honest, loyal. You see in uh, how Barack Obama is letting his vice president twist in the wind. We're going to talk more about that in the second half of the show, but he has not raised a finger to try to defend Joe Biden. You know, we were supposed to believe that they were on a bromance, but, uh, you know, this is this is serious business here, and, and uh, Joe Biden's the wrong color. 
decent mm-hmm. um, and honest. I mean, it, it's it's again. not a Jigel King. Oh, and honest. Say that part again. Honest. He's honest. Loyal and honest and decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, honest and decent. Conducted uh, probably the greatest scandal in the history of uh, political history of this country. And the spying on the Trump campaign. Honest. And honest. I mean, it's it's not a complicated set of principles. Mm -hmm. um, But I think some people treat politics like it is a game. And they treat the presidency like it doesn't matter because some people don't see how it affects their day-to-day lives. As in their jobs being shipped overseas. As in... Continued escalation in these Middle East wars where their children are being murdered or uh, um, slaughtered. Don't see the effect on their day-to-day lives. Yeah, we did see the effect on the day-to-day lives. And that's why, uh, that's why his hand-chosen successor, Hillary Clinton, lost in the election. That's the only thing I can imagine when I see so many people who don't vote, who sit out. You yes. must think at some level that it doesn't really affect you um, because you don't see it on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who has watched, I think, one of the most uh, productive and... The most productive presidencies, she says. Oh, my God. Barack Obama's uh, sole legislative accompl- accomplishment was Obamacare which is an absolute sellout to the insurance companies. It's been a disaster for this country. That was really his only legislative accomplishment. The rest of it was uh, lawlessness through the DACA executive order and ineptitude on the uh, foreign policy stage by, by uh, supporting the overthrow of Muammar Gaddafi in Libya, which, uh, which wrecked uh, that nation, turned it into a basket case, and allowed millions of refugees to flee into Europe. Purely by, uh, by accident, I'm sure. And, and honest, yeah, he's honest. He delivered $1.5 billion on cash, in cash, on pallets, to the terrorists, mullahs in Iran, very productive. Selling our jobs overseas, not doing anything about the rise of the Chinese threat. I actually think Barack Obama um, did what he set out to do. And that was to do as much damage to this country in eight years as he possibly could. Remember that uh, that. Uh, quotation where he says, well, what is he going to do to bring these jobs back? Has he got a magic wand? Those jobs are gone. Yeah, he affected people's lives all right, but not in a positive way. And this uh, this defense by Michelle Obama is would would be laughable if it wasn't so sad. Well, tensions are flaring uh, over uh, Nancy Pelosi's comments about the uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the uh, the the radical Marxist uh, freshmen that are leading the the Marxist caucus in the House of Representatives. What did she say? She said something to the. Oh, here we go. 
And when we won this election, it wasn't in districts like mine or Alexandria's. However, wonder, and she's a wonderful member of Congress. I think all of our colleagues will attest. But those are districts that are solidly Democratic. This glass of water would win with a D next to its name. <laughs> so Pelosi rightly points out that a glass of water could have won from that uh, from that district where AOC and uh, and Talib and Omar won. And they uh, the, they're up in the arms about it, and they're, they've got the long knives out for Nancy Pelosi. We got to run out to a break. Stick with us. We're going to be back after two commercials, and then we're going to talk about lazy Joe Biden right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. If you have thyroid eye disease and the pain in the back of your eye is forcing bad words from your mouth, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective. Well, <laughs> oh man, it is sad to watch what they are doing to poor old Joe Biden. Old Joe ought to be at home in a rocking chair on his front porch, enjoying the twilight years. And uh, and old Harold Shapeberger and others have talked him into running for president, and uh, just uh, going to wreck what little respectable legacy he was able to put together by being vice president for eight years. And uh, and the the Democrats, the radical Democrat Party, is basically dragging him through the mud, turning him into their whipping boy. And I guess he's going to stick with it. He's still, you know enjoys a majority support, although um, Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris are nipping at his heels. He still uh, is leading the Democrat field. I think he's got about 27 or 30%, but that's going to be his high watermark. And as some of these other radical candidates start falling away, um, you know, he, he will, will slide back. I don't know how long he's going to stick with it, but uh his apology tour at this point is in full swing. And I've told you that by the time this campaign was over with, uh, Joe Biden was going to be reduced basically to an apology machine. And his uh, his stump speeches were going to be just uh, one long train of apologies and equivocations and and ex- explanations about his... Uh, his, his uh, career... So, you know, uh, Kamala Harris at that, uh, that first debate 
accused him of sucking up to segregationist senators and said she was hurt by it. She was hurt. It was hurtful because that is their the coin of the realm and the Democrat Party is victimhood. So you immediately claim victimhood and then everybody else has to, uh, to kowtow to you because your feelings are hurt. And old Joe Biden had held out for a while. He said, apologize for what? For getting things done in the U.S. Senate? You know, I took, uh, I took the institution as I found it, and I worked with the people I had to to try to get things done. And, and in his defense, Joe Biden has been a strong supporter of civil rights for his entire career. I'll see all the good it has done him. He has been forced to apologize for, you know, having worked with uh, Stennis and and Eastland and uh, Russell. <laughs> yeah, Robert Byrd, the Democrat lion of the U.S. Senate, former KKK, grand cyclops. At least Biden didn't come out and brag about working with him. But, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton used to quite a bit. So Biden held out for about three weeks. For about three weeks, he insisted that he was done apologizing. He had already apologized to Anita Hill. and He had already apologized to people for groping. But when he went to South Carolina, he finally gave up the goat and, uh, and, and launched into his apology tour uh, proper. He is sorry. Now, was I wrong a few weeks ago to somehow give the impression to people that I was praising those men who I successfully opposed time and again? Yes, I was. I regret it. Yes, I was. I regret it. Yes, I was. I regret it. Oh, man, sad. I'm sorry for any of the pain or misconception. They may have caused anybody. I'm sorry for the pain I caused. Do you think Joe Biden actually caused anybody real pain? No. These, uh, well, he was talking about something that happened 30 years ago. If they're still suffering pain over that, then they need to get over it. There's snowflakes, and you can't, uh, you can't let them dictate a uh, public conversation. Biden goes on. Should that misstep define 50 years of my record for fighting for civil rights? Hey, what have you done for me lately, Joe? You're just in the way. You're, you're just an old white guy in the way. Barack Obama doesn't even have time for you to come out and just, just drop a word. All, all Obama would have to do is just throw a kind word out there for his, his vice president. Nowhere on the scene. Michelle Obama, during that interview I played you in the first half, she specifically declined to make any statements in support of Joe Biden. He's just being left to twist in the wind and turn, like I said, turn into a whipping boy for the uh, the cultural Marxist in the Democrat field. And no matter how many times he points out that he has, uh, you know, been their their uh, champion for decades, that's not going to be enough. Should that misstep define 50 years of my record for fighting for civil rights, racial justice in this country? I hope not. I don't think so. 
That just isn't an honest assessment of my record. I'm going to let my record and my character stand for self and not be distorted or smeared. Well, your record is not going to be able to stand for itself because the fact of the matter is you're going to be the next thing you're going to have to apologize for is for opposing uh, federally mandated busing because you're on the record as having said that. And as this campaign moves on, the opposition research is going to find more and more of your uh, your statements that you're going to have to apologize for. Remember, he's already had to apologize because he was chair of the uh, Senate Judiciary Committee during the um, during the Clarence Thomas confirmation. So he's had to apologize to Anita Hill because she got caught in so many lies during her testimony that uh, much like Brett Kavanaugh, they tried to basically uh, pull the same act on Brett Kavanaugh as they did Clarence Thomas. But Biden had to apologize no, to her so as well. I, I, look, I, I was, I'm grateful she took my call. You, um, you know, for as long as- this is Biden on The View when he finally uh, caved to the pressure to apologize, per- apologize personally to Anita Hill for pointing out the inconsistencies in her testimony called her up personally to beg beg her forgiveness uh so i i look i i was, i'm grateful she took my call you, um, i'm grateful she took my call you know for as long as i have i i don't know why it took you so long to call her i wish it had happened earlier well i i i i, I tell you what the deal was i i did that's another thing they're saying they're saying that he didn't apologize quickly enough to kamala harris and that's that's their uh, their thing. You've got Cory Booker out there and Kamala Harris and all the talking heads. What took him so long to apologize? He's got to learn to apologize quicker. He can't be so reluctant to apologize. We need we need a nonstop apology extravaganza from Joe Biden. He needs to apologize immediately. He needs to apologize repeatedly. And he needs to apologize to everyone for everything he is. And then he needs to quit. I, I don't know why it took you so long to call her. I wish it had happened earlier. Well, I, 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 I tell you what the deal was. I, I did not, um, since I had publicly apologized for the way she was treated, I publicly said it. I publicly had given for out credit for her, what, the, the contribution she made to change, begin to change this culture in a significant way. That um, what, what I didn't want to do, and, and when I... I didn't want to, quote, invade her space. I didn't want to get in. <laughs> All of a sudden, Joe Biden is concerned about invading people's space. <laughs> really? That's an unfortunate uh, choice of words. I, I didn't want to, quote, invade her space. I didn't mm-hmm. want to get in a situation where this became. And then I went. Maybe you could have give her a little shoulder rub or put your hands on her waist and smelled her hair from behind. When I heard all this about the, and it was legitimate, expecting a call, why every time the phone rang, why we, and so I, I, I spoke to some uh, leading women advocates in this area, and someone knew her, and I said, could you see whether she'd take my call? Because the last thing I want to do is call to apologize and have her hang up on me. That would be, uh, that would be awkward. But she's already said that uh, she doesn't accept his apology. I think Kamala Harris is not going to accept his apology either, at least not until she extracts 
a little bit more contrition and groveling out of him. But you recall that uh, the first thing out of the gate when Biden announced for president, first thing he had to do was put together a video apologizing for groping women. He still has not apologized for groping little children in a very inappropriate way. But this is kind of a long clip of the beginning, the real early um, uh, episodes of the Biden apology tour. The coming month, I expect to be talking to you about a whole lot of issues, and I'll always be direct with you. But today, I want to talk about gestures of support and encouragement that I've made to women and some men that have made them uncomfortable. And I always try to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands. I hug people. I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And I put my hands in inappropriate places on little children, and I reach down and snuggle their necks on, t- on, you know, right in front of the God and everybody. And I do it repeatedly, and I got away with it for years and years because the media will not say anything bad about a Democrat. And, uh, and whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. And over the years, knowing what I've been through, the things that I've faced. Oh, my God. That, so now Biden's going to play the, the uh, victim card. Scores, if not hundreds of people have come up to me and reached out for solace and comfort, something, something, anything that may help them get through the tragedy they're going through. I was, I was just comforting those poor children when their parents were getting an award or something. I was just comforting them by, by handling them inappropriately. So let's see what he, he's apologized now for, for groping, uh, but he, he really doesn't address you know why in fact he felt the need to put his hands on children the way he did he's apologized to anita hill for pointing out the obvious and glaring inconsistencies with her testimony he's apologized for working with uh, segregationist senators when he arrived in the senate back in the early 70s um Well, he has yet to apologize outright for his position on busing. That'll be next. And I think at one time he had also made some statements about integration being bad for black people. He's going to have to apologize for that. Hey, Joe, while you're on this apology tour, I've got a few apologies I'd like to hear too. How about you apologize for... um, Voting when you were in the U.S. Senate to take us to war in Iraq. Could I have an apology for that? It's cost thousands of U.S. lives and literally trillions in U.S. treasure. I'd like an apology for uh, the China trade debacle that you and Obama for eight years did nothing about while this country hemorrhaged good-paying middle-class jobs you made no effort, you lifted not a finger to try to make China abide by international trade norms or reform our trade relationship so that we wouldn't run hundreds of billions of dollars of annual trade deficits with China. I would like an apology for Obamacare. Thank you. 
if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor Obamacare that has just made premiums and deductibles go through the roof and put uh, health insurance out of the reach of so many people. I'd like an apology for that. I would just like a general apology for, for having to listen to your gaffes year after year after year. So it's going to be a long, long campaign for Joe Biden. Barack Obama is not going to throw him a lifeline. Kamala Harris is going to be over there. They're going to put the camera in her face at every opportunity. And so she can demand more and more uh, complete apologies. And Spartacus Cory Booker, he's already saying he's frustrated with Joe Biden because he took him so long to apologize. And it's never going to be enough. Joe Biden was a useful idiot for Obama. And uh, and they're going to leave him to twist in the wind. Well, old Tom Steyer is not satisfied with the 24-member clown car that is the Democratic presidential field. And Tom Steyer, the, uh, the venture capitalist billionaire that has spent hundreds of or tens of millions of dollars at least trying to provoke the uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in the House of Representatives to impeach Donald Trump is tired of waiting and he's going to he's thrown his hat in the ring as well. I don't know if he's going to be able to get on the debate stage, but I say come one, come all. The more clowns in that car, the better. And Tom Steyer will really bring the crazy. If you haven't seen enough crazy out of this Democrat field, just wait till Tom Steyer gets the microphone. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So this uh, this big um, uh, LGBTQIA organization came out uh, reacting to Joaquin or uh, to Julian Castro's statement that uh, abortion services ought to be available for transgendered men and and uh made the comment that uh that's not nearly woke enough uh for them they they need um they they need uh, even more acknowledgement of uh the transgender issue out of the democrats And of course, the biggest one of the biggest stories it, it's going to develop. It's a, it's a fuse burning on a giant bomb is the arrest in New York City of Jeffrey Epstein for the sex trafficking of trafficking of minors. And uh, Jeffrey Epstein got away with this for eight years of the Obama administration, but the, the prosecutors in the Southern District of New York arrested him when he was returning home on an international flight and now have him in custody. And they've searched his uh, his townhouse mansion. He owns the largest private residence in Manhattan. And uh, they found a cache of um, uh, por- underage pornography. And they're going to pursue uh, the trafficking of minors that uh, that has taken place in New York. It also took place down in Florida, but able apparently Jeffrey Epstein was able to buy his way out of that, or threaten to expose enough people that he got out of that. 
And this is going to be huge. This is going to be huge because Bill Clinton flew on Jeffrey Epstein's private jet, nicknamed the Lolita Express, over two dozen times and visited Epstein's uh, island retreat where a lot of this trafficking in underage children is said to have occurred. Now, the media is trying to uh, tie Donald Trump to Jeffrey Epstein, and uh, unfortunately, Donald Trump did uh, make a quote on the record decades ago that he knew uh, Epstein, and Epstein, you know, liked young, beautiful women. The problem with that is is uh, Donald Trump banished Jeffrey Epstein from his clubs when he found out that Jeffrey Epstein was uh, harassing young women uh, in his clubs. So I doubt very seriously that uh, Donald Trump would have barred Epstein from his clubs if Epstein had anything to blackmail Donald Trump with. And the media is going to do their best to try to turn a blind eye to uh, Clinton and other high-ranking Democrat officials' relationships with Epstein, but I don't know if they're going to be able to do it because Epstein's going to probably start singing on people in order to to, uh, get special treatment. It was Robert Mueller's FBI that let Epstein off during the initial um, prosecutions down in Florida. And Donald Trump predicted that this was going to happen. Uh, They were asking uh, about Bill Clinton, actually. And Trump responded, Bill Clinton, decent fellow, but he's going to have real problems, he said, a lot of problems when it comes to uh, Jeffrey Epstein and visits to um, Epstein's famous Orgy Island. And a lot of the inside, uh, the Democrat insiders are pointing out that um, that uh, some of our own faves are going to be implicated in this, none other than Christine Pelosi, daughter of Nancy. It's pointing out that a lot of Democrats are going to be implicated in this Epstein case. And I think all of this is probably going to end up coming back to tie in with the um, the Weinstein case as well. And there's been some effort uh, to, to get uh, documents related to the relationship between Epstein and Bill Clinton from the Bill Clinton Library, and they're refusing to turn it over. And guess who is handling the prosecution of Epstein? None other than the daughter of fired FBI Director James Comey. Now, here's a massive glaring conflict of interest. James Comey's daughter is going to prosecute Jeffrey Epstein and they're going to try to uh, possibly use this case to try to get at Donald Trump and ignore the Clinton involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. She cannot be the one to conduct this prosecution. Well, the uh, there's been a development in the well. Let me let me get to this uh, this little spot here real quick. 
we now know that Google and YouTube aren't just silencing conservatives online. They're also manipulating their algorithms to interfere in the 2020 election. Meanwhile, big mobile companies are taking the proceeds from your mobile phone bill and funding leftist candidates and causes. This includes promoting illegal immigration, abortion, and gun control. You've got only one way to preserve the Constitution and the values that made this country great, and that's by sticking together. This means supporting each other's causes and companies. Leading the charge in this effort is veteran-led Patriot Mobile. With unlimited plans starting as low as $25 a month, you get the same crystal-clear nationwide service with a portion of your bill going to support the causes you believe in. Come on over to PatriotMobile.com today. Switching is easy, and you'll get a free month service when you use the promo code Come on over. You do have a choice. Come on over today. PatriotMobile.com. That's PatriotMobile.com. Promo code Come on over. So in the short time we've got left, I just want to go over, and I'm going to make this a recurring theme uh, of the program. Some of these uh, programs or these uh, proposals that the Democrat presidential field is putting together. And the first one I want to talk about is I mentioned in that, uh, that spot right there. Government gun confiscation. This is a, uh, an idea that was brought up by Swalwell, who, by the way, is uh, expected to quit the campaign today. He's, uh, he's realized that uh, he's got to choose between his seat in the House of Representatives or running for president, and uh, he doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell to be elected president, so he's going to toss in the towel. But even old Joe Biden says, folks, look. And I would buy back assault weapons. We already started talking about that. We tried to get it done, and I think it can be done. And it should and it should be demanded that we do it. And that's a good expenditure of money. So when they're talking about gun buybacks, they're talking about mandatory gun confiscation, where they, uh, they say they're going to uh, comp- uh, compensate you because the government is not allowed to take things without compensation. But he's, uh, he's looking to do that. Joe Biden is, uh, is also supporting uh, to jail people for false advertising. Now, this has come from the guy that uh, you know worked with Barack Obama. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. That's, that's really good. So uh, they're... they're talking about no restrictions at all on abortion they can't even bring themselves to declare that after the baby's born that they should uh, protect their life and you remember what uh, the the virginia governor ralph northam said on air if the mother is in labor i can tell you exactly what you can expect to happen the infant would be delivered the infant would be kept comfortable and the infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and family desired. And then there would be a discussion between the physician and the mother. Reparations for slavery. All the candidates behind that, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Kamala Harris, Klobuchar, Gillibrand, Harris, Hickenlooper, Buttigieg, all support forcing Americans to pay reparations for slavery and that'll just be the beginning because already elizabeth warren is saying we we need to pay reparations to homosexuals as well and of course if the slave uh if today's blacks have a case for reparations for slavery which would cost anywhere between nine and 17 trillion dollars 
then certainly the American Indians have a uh, case for reparations. And there will be no end to it. You're talking about a spiraling uh, demand that the government pay off uh, historical wrongs, even if there are not any. Of course, you got uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren out there saying you've got to wipe out all the student debt, $1.5 trillion worth. And that's going to you know, make me wonder, well, why the heck am I uh, paying for college? Or why did I pay for college when all of these other people just borrowed money to go and now they get to have it forgiven? And of course, don't forget the taxpayer-funded abortions, even for transsexual men. They want to eliminate every American's private health insurance and put you all on government health care. And if you think that Obamacare was a disaster, just wait till you see what happens when you've got the U.S. government in charge of providing your health care. Oh, and, and by the way, they want that government-funded health care for illegal aliens as well. While at the same time, they refuse to enforce the border. I think that's going to be the one that's going to bite them in the butt more than any other position. I don't know whether or not they're talking about bringing forced busing back because uh, Joe Biden is having to apologize for his opposition to that. So apparently uh, forced busing is back on the table. You got Harris, Warren, Gillibrand and uh, and Sanders talking about packing the Supreme Court, overturning the gains that the conservatives have made there through winning elections. Guaranteed income. Don't forget about that one. That one's from uh, Andrew Yang and several others. They want uh, anywhere between twelve, six and twelve thousand dollars a year for every American just for drawing a breath. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us. I invite you back here again tomorrow for another edition right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.